0: Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And I'm your host. My name is Trisha Carr. This episode is about animals. Oh, animals are my Everything. Uh, so I'm an animal communicator uh, as well, and, and my conversation, this is a conversation episode, my conversational partner, Julie Jean Bassett, is also an animal communicator and animal healer, and we have a really beautiful time sharing some stories, swapping stories, and hearing about the work that julie does which is really deep i love hearing about the energy healing that she does so before we get to that let me just invite you to make sure you pay attention to the links that are in the description because light shine spiritual academy has many programs coming up depending on when you're listening to this we do have the intuitive intensive coming up in january the third week of january of 2022 we also have workshops coming up—an astrology workshop with Alicia Clark Tepper. Oh my gosh, we have so much coming up, and we also have the other intensives coming up for the year. But if it is—if you are listening to this in time for that energy, for that excuse me, intuitive intensive, oh my goodness, it is groundbreaking, it is powerful. I'll play you a little um, testimony from some recent graduates about a little bit into this episode. So I hope that you will check that out if it tickles your heart. All right. So Julie, Julie Jean Bassett, she is, as I said, an animal communicator and energy healer, and she is also a pet behavior specialist. She uses many different techniques to help resolve destructive behavior, anxiety, and stress in animals while cultivating a stronger connection between the animal and their humans. So I I just loved everything that we talked about. So I hope you enjoy this too. And I will chat with you on the other side. <music> Julie I'm so excited to have you on this is really such a joy I mean we have been connected in a lot of ways and of course with our joint passion and I don't know obsession with animals right (laughs) that's fair right
1: (laughs) that's fair (laughs) Very
0: fair. Yeah. And so uh, I'm really excited because I don't, there's the part of your work that I am I am not familiar with. But before we jump into all of that, I just want to let everyone get into the beauty of your energy. So can you just share with us your journey, the work you're doing, wherever you want to start would be wonderful.
1: Oh, gosh. Open-ended question there. I know. Uh- <laughs> it's fun, though. <laughs> well, if- I've always had a love for animals. My... Mm-hmm mother loved animals uh we had a dog growing up uh which i i was an only child so that was more like my sister to me mm. um you know i would cry on her shoulder and things like that and um throughout the years i've always and and my <laughs> my mom used to have box turtles and um raised lizards um things like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. she was very into animals and I think I got that from her um, because I really love animals. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was, you know, but I shut it off like most Mm -hmm. like workers or energy healers do. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was in working for corporate America Um, I ended up having back surgery, and two weeks after that, I had a pulmonary embolism. Oh, my
0: goodness. And I
1: decided that I didn't want to go back to corporate America Mm. um, because it was so stressful. I was working long hours, and so I started taking classes, Mm. and my gifts started opening up. um, And the one I landed on was animal communication because... It just felt so right for me. Mm -hmm. and um, But, uh, you know, I went back to corporate after I had finished my short-term disability, um, and then I was laid off. Oh,
0: that's Uh, something the (laughs) spirit telling you. you, No, for reals, you're not welcome back even.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, because I was asking my husband for divorce, planning to move out of the house um, and get an apartment. And that was like Mother's Day. So I found the apartment. That Thursday, I was going to move in the next weekend. Mm -hmm. That Thursday, I was laid off. Wow. And it's like, okay, do (laughs) I continue with this? And it's like, yes, Mm -hmm. I have to. Mm -hmm. So I did, and you know, started working on my business, took more classes, um, trying to open up all my gifts or remember my gifts. And um, that's where I am now. Yeah. What was the,
0: what, so you, you always had an interest, like, did you ever, was for you, were you always interested in spirituality, but maybe you just, like, what was your uh, forgetfulness time like, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I was always fascinated with like the supernatural mm-hmm. um ghosts. So I'd always watch like, you know, like Charmed, mm-hmm. The Witches and Charmed. Yeah. Um, you know, any ghost stories and, and things like that. Just I just had a, a fascination for it. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, it's <laughs>
0: It's always there. What what kind of gave you the tickle to actually take a class, and and what was do you remember what the first class or classes you started to take were?
1: Well, I when I was on my short disability, mm-hmm. I took uh intuitive or a transformational coaching class with um, Mary Morrissey. I took a health coaching class with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And I also took an animal communication class with um, Lynn McKenzie. Lynn McKenzie. I'm not familiar with her. I'll have to look her up. How was that? It was great. Um, That's the one that really got me started. Mm -hmm. And what I like about her class is she teaches the energy healing part of it as well. Yes. And so that's what I've been using Primarily to this day,
0: mm-hmm. with animals, also with humans, or you mean with your animal work? Actually, it works on humans as well, right? Yeah, it does. So that's that's a, and so with the animal communication, you there's energy healing component. What is the experience? How would you describe what what the you know what animal communication is? How about that? How would you describe it?
1: Connecting telepathically with an animal mm-hmm. to understand their thoughts, their feelings, um, and their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, sometimes I'll send them pictures. Sometimes I will ask them if I can see through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on what is going on and and how best I can communicate and serve them. Yes,
0: that's awesome. And then the energy healing, is that a process that you you utilize? Is there a specific process that you have with the energy healing or is
1: it more free-flowing? There is um, because I will do energy healing on the physical, emotional, and spiritual levels, Mm -hmm. and I only... When I connect in with the higher self for the animal, I only do what's requested by their higher self or as guided by spirit. Mm. Um, And there's a whole list of things I go through Mm -hmm. just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, And then after I'm done, I'll ask them if they need any additional healing. And if they do, um, sometimes it's cutting a cord to a past life sometimes it's emotional freedom technique or eft or tapping Mm -hmm. um and you know i have a lot of other modalities that i can that at my disposal that i can use if if requested with eft with animals do you use
0: yourself as the proxy so you tap on yourself yes that's awesome yeah because they and so do you when you're doing that when you're doing eft with your body yourself as the proxy. Do you sort of empathically step into the animal? Ask them if yeah. you can step into their energy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. And what kind of, uh, do you see when you said that you only do what the higher self requests? So I imagine sometimes that is different, that differs from what their human, their human family would, you know, hope or wish would happen. Do you, how often do you have to have a, you know, that conversation with the person and saying, they, you know, your dog asked me to work on this and said, leave my, you know, leave my, my heart issue alone. Or does that ever happen, something like that? And what's,
1: what's that process like? It hasn't as of yet. Good. Okay. Um You know, I always request permission from the owner to do the energy healing as mm-hmm. well as from the animal. Mm-hmm. So if they don't want to be healed, then I don't do anything mm-hmm. and so but has that happened the animal says no thank you it has mm-hmm. um but not very often most yeah. of the time they're they welcome the healing
0: right yeah as uh, I've, i don't know if i've ever actually had well I, I should take that back if the if it's a session that's a domesticated animal where the human has made an appointment with me i've never had a an animal say, you can't communicate with me. But again, I think just the respect of asking permission makes them comfortable for it. I have had animals in the wild either say no or not really be able to welcome in the communication because they're kind of too stressed out with whatever's going on with them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the higher selves are usually cooperating. Your higher self is, is signaling to the humans who would you have their animals signaling, you know what I mean? Like it all just kind of works out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, I know a lot of times animals are very empathic and so they'll absorb uh, the emotions from their humans, from other animals around them. And sometimes they even pull it in from a past life Mm -hmm. and just clearing out the emotions can have a world, world of good for them.
0: Right on their physical bodies and animals are so they heal they're they're so much better at healing than we are right because you know we might go like am i healed maybe i should think about that a little bit more and animals are just like boom it got vented and i'm done and they move forward (laughs) because they're so present you know yes as long as the trauma is sort of witnessed and released if there's a trauma pattern in the energy they're much better at it they're such fantastic teachers aren't they absolutely I would love to hear about your pet behaviorist. What is the title? Is it pet behaviorist? Pet behavioral specialist. Love it. And what's that? What is that modality like? That's
1: actually um, because it's energy healing. I, I use energy healing and animal communication to help resolve behavioral issues in our animal companions. Mm-hmm. And our chakras are all, all associated with different parts of the body mm-hmm. as well as different behavioral issues based on, you know, like the root chakra is all about fear and insecurity. And, um, when it's out of balance, a lot of times it can get, have a really scared dog or very insecure dog, mm-hmm. um, and animals actually have nine major chakras, where humans only have seven. Mm-hmm. And one of those is the sensing chakra. And the sensing chakra, you know how animals can hear better than us, see better than us, smell better than us. That's because they have a sensing chakra, and we don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when it also when it's out of balance, it can lead to um, overreactivity or underreactivity. So, if you've got a dog that's barking all the time or um, has obsessive behavior, that could mean that the sensing chakra is out of balance. Mm-hmm. And the major chakras are like the fine tune or the um, core style on an old fashioned radio. And the minor chakras are more like the fine tuning. And sometimes you have to do both to get the correct. Uh, behavior.
0: Yes, absolutely. The fine tuning is important. And then you need to, I guess, you know, you're a pet behavior specialist, but you have to pass it on to the humans, don't you? You're probably a human behavior specialist too, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't, not so much because they're just so thankful that their pet is behaving mm. again. Mm-hmm. I had one client that was going to have to give up her dog because her dog kept running through an electric fence Oh goodness! and getting down to the road and almost caused a few accidents. Mm. And so she was so scared that she was going to have to give up her uh, beloved Buckley. Mm-hmm. And um, so I talked to him. I, I showed him pictures of what could have happened. Um, I worked, I did energy healing on him. And now he won't go past the electric fence. I love it. Um, that same dog is, I found out, was uh, also a little bit autistic, mm-hmm. and so he wouldn't want to come inside, and so she had me work on him again, uh, and now he comes inside right away and doesn't, you know, kind of back off trying to play or, or, you know, just being muckly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... You know, seeing things like that and knowing how I've helped just um, makes me feel so good, makes me feel like I'm serving my purpose. Mm,
0: that's beautiful. And now for these messages.
1: Do you have a sense that there's more to life than what you can see? Maybe you've had vivid
0: spiritual dreams, experienced odd patterns and synchronicities, or even had hunches or premonitions that ended up being accurate.
1: You know there's more to this life, but at the same time, you feel blocked or stuck and like you don't even know where to start.
0: That's all about to change. LightShine Spiritual Academy presents the Intuitive Intensive, a groundbreaking eight-week program designed to blast open your intuitive abilities and catapult you into a dynamic, connected,
1: and psychic life. Here's what graduates of the Intuitive Intensive have to say. This program has been game-changing, life-changing. There's no going back. I can't unsee all the things that I've seen. I can't unfeel all the things that I've felt. It's been life-changing, not just because of everything that I've learned, but everything that I've experienced. Join spiritual teachers Crystal Ann Compton and Trisha Carr in this immersive program of education, high vibration, and group coaching. I have found my purpose and my calling. I really came in to find myself And that was one of the biggest gifts is finding my true path.
0: Read all about the curriculum and register now by going to class.lightshineacademy.com slash 2022II. Class begins the week of January 23rd, 2022. If you feel called to it, if it gets you excited in your heart, if it feels joyful, do it. Just do it. Just do it. You bring up a good point. You know, especially mammals, I would say, uh, but probably all animals with brains, they do have things like neuroatypical situations, and mm-hmm. so we can we can support that. But sometimes that's that's a part of it. You know what I mean? Like that's a part yeah. of their of how their pattern is going to be, mm-hmm. and it's and so there's certain things we can do to support it, but sometimes we have to also just accept certain conditions. I mean, obviously, we have to do that as humans as well, right? Right. How, how do you feel? I mean, I feel like the work that you do and the work that, well, that we do is, it, I think it's very important. I think it would be better to start with that before we just immediately put animals on medication, on mood-altering medications. Of course, those are necessary sometimes. Right. But and listen to what you've been able to do.
1: And, you know, I'm not a trainer. And I'm not a veterinarian, mm-hmm. but my work complements both of those. Yes. Um, so I, I like thinking that I'm part of the process in the healing, mm-hmm. um, because I would never just do healing and not recommend somebody go to the vet if if I thought that they needed to go to the vet. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And one of those scenarios that comes up a lot is switching gears to cats is the cat going outside the box. And I'm sure yes. you get that a lot or in your, yeah. So with that, I'm always like, well, the first thing we need to do is go to the vet. Have you gone to the vet? Right. Because that's, that's often associated with something going wrong with the body. Not always, but... right. And how do you handle... <laughs> <laughs> when the human says, "Can you tell them to go in the box and not outside the box?" Because it's like you know, well, obviously, the cat—it's not that the cat doesn't isn't using logic. Like we, it's that's not what it's about. It's about that primal nature, as I call it, being in that primal nature when they have something going on in the body. Have you had those scenarios? Have you had good results from figuring out some of? They're always—I mean, first of all, we should say they're unique. Each one of those situations, cat going outside the box, right? They're and all of them are unique. But what are? Do you have some of
1: those you can share? Actually, I do. Um, There was one cat that, well, you know, I always recommend going to the vet because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that's the only way they can get our attention. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's because of fear Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, because when they're in the litter box, they're at their most vulnerable. Exactly. And it's,
0: it smells like them. And you know what I mean? Like they, they actually, the, the, the scat, the feces and the urine, when they feel confident will be like claiming territory, but when they feel vulnerable, it makes them even more vulnerable because that's their scent and they can smell it. However clean we think it is, they can smell it. And so to them, it's like, they've got a neon sign going, come get me, come get me. So again, it's not logical because they're inside
1: safe, but it's, Their primal nature. And I've had it where they don't like their litter box. Yes. They don't like the litter. litter. Uh But, you know, somebody doesn't clear out their litter box, they're going to go outside of it. Mm -hmm. I had a cat, too, that um, had arthritis and Mm -hmm. had a hard time getting into the litter box. Mm -hmm. And so she got this one that had a lower side on it, and the problem resolved. I've had cats
0: who have... Like I, there's one and a couple where the paws were very sensitive, and one of them was because of something that was like an arthritis. And so they, the cat, they were they they had the crystal kind, and they're like, I don't that cat hurts my hands. I can't hurt. I can't right. do it. Yeah. And then I've also had a cat saying when you know, like when someone uses the sawdust kind, it's got like a really strong aroma, and the cat was like, it gives me a headache. I don't want to go anywhere near it. And turns out, and then I read sometime later. Uh, an animal expert saying that that is not an appropriate substrate for a cat to be exposed to, period. Like that pine litter. Uh-huh. So I mean, the cat knew it and the cat told us. But there are mm-hmm. situations where it's because they are having like if they have a kidney disease or they're having something, you know, some kind of bowel issue.
1: And or they UTI or you, uh-huh.
0: crystals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Crystals in the and they they feel very vulnerable when they're in the box, and so sometimes they just go directly outside of it because it's pretty close. But they don't want to feel so um, at, they don't want to feel so vulnerable. And then other times they'll go on the couch and they'll do things. They do it in places where they feel very safe. And right. and if they have a chronic condition, I don't know. Have you? In my experience, it's hard to remedy that then because if they have a chronic condition they may just continue their behavior of going outside the box because it's what they need to feel safe. But sometimes if you add extra boxes, it'll help. Have you had any experience where it's a chronic condition
1: that's physical? Um, yes and no. One, it was a multi-cat household. Mm-hmm. And this one cat felt very vulnerable and was afraid this other cat was going to attack her. Mm-hmm. And the litter box was in like a laundry room. So there was one only one entrance and exit. Yeah. So she showed me a picture of like a recliner. And mm-hmm. she's saying, that would be perfect for me because that way I have two ways to get out. Mm-hmm. And she put the litter box there. Problem solved. Yeah. I had
0: that similar in my home. My cat, Concon, he doesn't like cats. I mean, that's... <laughs> he doesn't like cats i don't know what to tell you you could bring a dog over and he's like hey friend how's it going but cats he has a thing anyway um so he he has his own place in the house and he actually came to our he was rehomed at age six and he came to our home because he wasn't getting on with the other two cats but it all came down to that box and they had it in a place that was they actually had it in a really interesting setup which i get why they liked it it was like it went to it was almost like a doggy door that went out to like a rabbit hutch and that's where the boxes were. So they were outside essentially and they didn't have to have a box inside. but Kankan had to go into this hole and then be trapped potentially with his you know cat family members who he, he didn't get on with. and I told so I went to before we rehomed him to us. I went and met him and I was like, oh, he does not like this. He just add a box add it somewhere that's and they are like, no, we're not going to. <laughs> I was like. Okay, he lives with me now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but he he also in my home even though he has his own space on the very he has a box, you know, in the one place but on the very far corner of his apartment as far away from the other cats as possible. He was peeing on the curtains in his oh. in the place that he wanted to where he also slept all the time too, like his napping spot. So he just wanted a little extra security. <laughs> so, I put a box there. Stop peeing on the curtains. He just wanted a little bit of his urine smell next to where he, you know, likes to nap and worked out just fine. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to give them something to prefer. And they do prefer to go in dirt like they would in nature. Right. But, yeah, those aren't aren't health issues. And um, I don't know, with the health issues, it gets a little trickier. It can get trickier with the going in the places that we would prefer they didn't go. But sometimes adding boxes will help that, too.
1: Yeah, and I find once they are actually treated by the veterinarian with the antibiotics or whatever there needs to be, and the health issue goes away, their peeing outside the litter box yeah. goes away too.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, that's that's definitely something. I just have had a few clients where they have a chronic, you know, they have a chronic thing like a chronic IBS or a chronic, um, you know, maybe they have kidney disease, but it's. But they still have a while. They're going to live with kidney disease for a while, or those different things, or reoccurring UTIs, which are oh gosh, I can't even imagine having to live that way as a kitty. But anyway, um, so the point is, though, I would say another thing that comes up with the kitty boxes is that they're not mad at you, right? <laughs> if they go right. outside
1: the box, they're just trying to get your attention,
0: and also they feel vulnerable. They have that primal right. thing, you know. They're feeling very insecure and they just go where they go because they kind of just yeah i'd say it's almost like the higher self is getting the the word out to the human it's kind of directing them but in yeah. the in the hu- in the, the cat mind they're just like scared you know what i mean and they just go where they go because they can't go in the box at the time yeah what are some other so what other kinds of animals have you worked with cats and dogs are obviously kind of the number one pet for america but there are i mean in other countries birds are the most common
1: I worked on some birds. Mm -hmm. There was a, uh, one of my clients had a new parakeet and the other one, she had two parakeets. One was a new one and the other one had just lost his mate. Mm. And she was worried about putting them in the same cage together. And so I talked to the bird and he says, yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I want the company. Yeah. Um, So I I talked to the other bird. Yeah. But they wanted to be in the bigger cage. Mm. She did it. They got along beautifully. Yeah. Um, I've also talked to a horse. Um, The horse was grieving. Mm. And the horse was actually grieving a a dog. Oh. And when I told the woman about it, she said, well, I, I don't know about a dog. And then. I asked the dog uh, the horse a little bit more. Is from a past life. Oh. They were both dogs in a past life. And <laughs> You're going to get a kick out of this. <laughs> the dog saw the show Mr. Ed. <laughs> so one dog decided it wanted to come back as a horse. Oh and the other dog said, nah, I'm coming back as a dog again. And so <laughs> he was missing the dog because the dog, I guess in the new life had passed hmm. And he says, I'm all my our philosoph- philosophical conversations. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so he was he was grieving so I I, Released a lot of emotions from him and, um, you know, and aligned his chakras as well as some other things that he requested. And, you know, he was fine after that. Mm. And And horses, they're so like doggies anyway, (laughs) they're like giant dogs. (laughs) And, you know, he did have some requests for his human Mm -hmm. um, because he was a little lonely so he wanted more attention from her and things like that and you know everything's fine now mm. he got to express his grief
0: and understand and and mm-hmm. it's what's interesting is it's sometimes if it is something whether it's from a past life or even just a past event in this life if they get to express themselves and they can they can feel that their human understands That helps them to release it where that doesn't always work for humans. Like if my husband understands my trauma, that doesn't help me necessarily. (laughs) It's like my process is so much more complex, it seems. (laughs) But yeah, they're so wonderful. They just and it will do things like um, physical ailments, injuries they will just clear
1: right up. It's amazing. Very miraculous sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've been treating my cat with gastritis Mm. whenever he doesn't want to eat you know, the vet had me give him some pills and, you know, I'd have to keep giving him the pills. He doesn't like taking the pills. Um, so I just said, you know, I'm an energy healer. I can do this. Mm -hmm. So I just started working on him and, you know, it's pretty much shortly after I do the energy healing on him, he starts eating again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's right.
0: And the thing is about energy healing is that you know, we're t- I was just saying sometimes it's really miraculous, and it's it's a one treatment instant fix. But other times it's a therapy, and that's just right. what it's meant to be. And I think that's what we have to be okay with as energy healers. But I think it's also good as clients to realize that sometimes it's a therapy, like massage is a therapy, and you know you're gonna get a sore back again, and that's that's how some conditions are. They're they're more of a they require the ongoing support, and be okay right. with that,
1: right? Right. Yeah. You know, I'm also a pet medium. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one dog that was very, very sick. And, you know, I talked to the dog. The dog didn't want to uh, transition yet. Mm -hmm. And so I told the owners and you know, the, the vets were saying, oh, you better put her down. You better put them down. You better put them down. You know, well, the dog survived. Oh, wow. The dog made it. The dog is living a happy, healthy life again. Um. So it, it's just times like this when I just so love being the voice of the animals.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. um, he was not ready to go mm-hmm. and he Uh-oh. knew
0: it and the higher self was a part of it obviously because he made it through
1: mm-hmm. and you know this person trusted me enough to go against the vet's wishes mm-hmm. um, because she knew in her heart I believe that the dog was fighting Um, and actually that's happened twice now where, you know, the dog is really, really sick and he's come through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I just love being a part of it. I, I just love being their voice and helping them however I can.
0: It's such a vulnerable position for you to be in for, you know, for us to be in. We have to just give the information and trust the process, trust the family. But it's true, like you said, she knew. In fact, she and she that humans have their connection to their animals, and they they know, they feel it. I mean, they can just like we do. We can ignore our own needs, and they can. But you know, you being able to amplify the animals part of the conversation really, you know, you can tell when that human is like. You know, they they already feel it. There's no
1: convincing necessary, right? That's it's like sometimes. I mean, sometimes they trust what their vet says. Yeah, and you know, they're so wrapped up in their emotions mm-hmm. that sometimes it's hard for them to feel what their animal is trying to tell them.
0: And they're wrapped up in fear, which I can com- we completely understand. When your animal Absolutely. is sick or hurting, it's so hard. I mean we can communicate with animals, but when my animal is hurting, it's hard for me, to, I have to go like, I have to like, be in a trance in order to trust what I'm hearing from them because my fear is so loud, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the great things that uh, that this position does is that you, because we have more of an objective, even though it's not totally right. objective because we are obsessed with animals, but you have more of an objective um, perspective and you you're not resonating with the fear of your animal being in pain of some kind.
1: And sometimes it just needs, you know, a second opinion. Mm -hmm. Yes. So.
0: One of the times where there, you know, the end of life situation with an animal. And one time uh, there was, the, the human had said to me, She 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 was like, I don't want to make this decision. I just want God to make the decision, and I said, you know what? That's fair because you we there's something that's kind of um, misaligned about the fact that we have the option to euthanize, and I I I I support euthanasia. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong at all. Um, but there's, but it's, un, but it is a really almost impossible position to be in as a human, and so we have to have when we when we do support the animal in that way I support, you know, with euthanasia, we have to surrender to the fact that God or higher self is actually, you know, moving us in that way, and right. so when she said that, I was like, that is absolutely fair that you feel that way and so let's find a way to let god make the decision and is that you getting the you know the certainty between you and your dog that you're going to support her with this you know with euthanasia with medicine or is it that you're going to allow a natural passing because there's also nothing wrong with allowing a natural passing i mean cuz i think sometimes that decision is so hard cuz we think did i let them if we make the decision did i do it too soon or did I let it go on too long and then I allowed them to suffer? And I think we got to release that responsibility
1: because it's too much. It's an impossible puzzle to solve. Absolutely. And, I'll, you know, if somebody's facing that decision, I'll ask the animal, mm-hmm. what do you want? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would like some help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they say, no, I just want to go on my own. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I, me too. And I, I, I never know, you know, you never know what it's going to be and and then and you know explaining I've explained to many animals what the process is and I've had animals say oh wow thank you that's just so beautiful thank you for that you know because they they don't understand medicine of course I don't understand medicine either but when you explain to them that there's a process that helps them to get well uh, and then they trust the human's decision about it which I think is really sweet mm-hmm. in my story this person she ended up not doing euthanasia and she held her dog the whole time until she while she passed and she said it was like heart achingly beautiful there was something about it that was so beautiful and it seemed right and it was honestly like she was it was like within an hour of her making the decision so the dog kind of proved to her that it was the way that they were to go
1: right yeah
0: and then she's also you know this is I know this person worked with her many times. And then she's also assisted her dogs after that time. You know, there was it's um it's it's a really medicine is obviously we both Western medicine is a part of what we, you know, of life. So but energy healing and spiritual healing and communication, I think is a, another very important part. And marrying them together have you have you been able to work with someone who is more western because it's not it's not an easy fit you know to find a vet who's open to it or find you know even a trainer who might be open to it not really i know right i have do, do you know who lydia hibby is she's an animal communicator no i know she's really she's awesome um i worked before i was open to my gifts or my abilities i worked with her with my animals and um, she was a vet tech for like 20, 25 years. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing if the vet offices actually had someone who, you know, and also as an animal communicator to have that much exposure. She's not a vet and she doesn't try to do medicine, but she has a good idea of when it's time to go to the vet and even mm-hmm. like some alternative. And that's just, that's what, that's what you're cultivating with the vet, pet behavior specialist modality.
1: Yes, and I'm... One of the my goals for next year is to contact some holistic vets mm-hmm. and see if I can partner with them. Yes, to try and help more people and and help them to do a better job and you know complement what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that that and that's a good place to start with a holistic vet. You know, you might still get the huh, but that's okay. <laughs> we just move on to the ones that are. <laughs>
1: Well, that's I, where I'm starting there. Yeah.
0: I actually have on my heart to work with sanctuaries. And so I did that. I was reaching out to sanctuaries and I'm just offering my services. And one of them wrote me right back and said, that's wonderful. Yes, please come on Thursday. And, you know, so they're very, they were very open. I mean, they were very spiritual, metaphysical and minded anyway. It was a horse. Horse sanctuary. Still work with them occasionally. So, what the services that you offer? Um, do you are they all in one? And what is the What do your actual sessions and your services look like? Do you work remotely? Do you work in person
1: or in in dog and cat? <laughs> I generally work uh, remotely mm-hmm. because my energy healing sessions can last anywhere from like an hour to you know two and a half three hours sometimes depending on how much healing they need. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I said, I only do what they request, but if they request everything, I'm gonna do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have like 30 minute and 60 minute animal communication sessions, a full energy healing session, and also a pet mediumship session. Mm-hmm. The full energy healing, like I said, I go through the physical, emotional, and spiritual levels. Um, I'll Um, give them like animal essences, which are essentially essential oil combinations for animals. Um, I'll offer them crystals. I'll offer them colors. Um, There's also brain integration exercises I might do if if they request it. Um, A thymus thump, which is um, both an energy and an immune boost. Um, then on the emotional level, I go use the meridians Mm -hmm. to, uh, because a lot of the meridians is another energy system in addition to the chakras. And so the meridians will hold a lot of stored emotions. And for instance, if you have a lot of emotion stuck in the stomach meridian, it can lead to a physical ailment such as, um, a stomach ulcer, acid reflex, upset tummies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good to re- release these emotions from the meridians. Then, on a the spiritual level, I go through the chakras, you know, make sure all of them are aligned and balanced. I'll ask them if they would like me to call in an archangel for them. Mm-hmm. There is also something called a miasm, which is ancestral energy that um, is causing an impact in this life. And so there's things I can do to help with that. Um, And then there's also like electromagnetic stress, negative beliefs and um, geopathic stress that I can release. Mm. That's amazing. That is a big list of things.
0: And, do you have like a, do you report it to the human and in what detail? Cause I can't imagine like, then it's going to take you three hours to write out what <laughs> it is. That you
1: talk- What did. I do is I have a zoom call, mm-hmm. a 30 minute zoom call where I go over uh, everything I did. And it explains to them why I did it um, and any communication that they gave me along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, a lot of times I pick up that they were from a puppy mill or, yeah. um, you know, either in this life or a previous life, things like that. And I, I will relay that to the human. Yeah. So the
0: origin story of the animals, that is a that's something that comes up a lot too, because sometimes people, and a lot of times people have rescued their animals, so they don't really know what their history is. Of course, you know, there's the origin story that has to do with past lives as well. And that can be a really that can be really ripe with ways to release trauma. Sometimes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. oh
1: yeah. Um, I've had dogs come back that were war dogs, mm. dogs that came back that were part of a puppy mill. Mm-hmm. Um, also, dogs that came back that were part of a dog fighting ring. Oh gosh and so all that trauma they brought back into their current life Mm -hmm. and that's why they were having some poor behavioral issues so that's something else i can help to try and resolve yes and you know i've had
0: you know when animals have been rescued and then they tell the story of how you know, they were separated from their mom and, you know, it's really interesting. I, I find it really beautiful sometimes and they'll they'll talk about their siblings and they'll talk about being in this shelter and that shelter and then knowing that their human was coming for them. It's really, really beautiful. Do you have, you have some of those uh, experiences as well?
1: Well, I have one that's, uh, this woman lost her cat. And so she's wondering if her cat was going to come back to her.
0: Oh, she and like, got
1: lost and not passed away. She was lost. Passed away.
0: Oh, passed away. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's oh, wondering
1: gotcha. if it's going to reincarnate. Mm-hmm. Well, what this cat told me is that she's going to be re- reincarnating on and born on Christmas Day. Oh, <laughs> And she's going to probably... About a month afterwards, um, there's something going to happen to her mom. And so she's going to end up in foster care. Mm -hmm. And this woman does, you know, foster the animals. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be connected. She's going to have a sister with, or no, actually a brother with her. And she was telling me she wants her name to be Noel (laughs) for a Christmas kitty. (laughs) But she was very insistent that she's going to be born on Christmas Day. Oh, because the the uh, human kept wanting. Well, how am I going to know? Mm-hmm. And she's going. She's going to know. Mm-hmm. She's going to know. And um, I, I kind of got the impression that she's going to have some of the same characteristics as the cat that passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they're going to need a little s- a special care because they're. Only going to be like a month old, yeah, when they come in, and uh, you know that's going to help them bond even more. And um, yeah. And is that that this coming Christmas? That's this coming Christmas. Oh, so
0: you'll find out in about a, <laughs> from the time we're recording, maybe in about six weeks or something, if Noel has found her mama. <laughs>
1: How exciting. <laughs> yeah. Although it, it's really hard to do timeline work because, mm-hmm. you know, one decision, it can shift the timeline. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she keeps insisting she's going to be born on Christmas Day. That kitty's got a plan. Well, I mean, I mean the human can, if she's
0: if the human's less it, not as insistent, then maybe the human can change the plan. But it sounds like that kitty's already made her plan. So <laughs> she's going to do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, but after she's born, she doesn't have a whole lot of control as to what happens after that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Who who actually gets her, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. That's very exciting. Wow,
0: Julie, this has been really amazing. I just, you you just, the work that you're doing is so deep and profound. And I just, I'm like, I want to just tell you, thank you so much for doing it because you re- you're really grounded in it too you know so i think unfortunately sometimes when not necessarily with animal communication and healing but maybe sometimes with that when people are working in advocacy you know what i mean like advocating for animals it's it's really hard to stay grounded because we see a lot of you know you you're open to seeing a lot of things and and um, feeling defensive for animals, and kind of carrying that trauma and carrying that yourself, but you're you're able to. You feel very grounded and balanced about it, and that's really important to, to k- keep on your own trauma release, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we have all of your all of your links, everything, how people can be in touch with you. Is there uh, any any other thing you would like to
1: share? as we wrap up this conversation you know if you're interested i do offer a free consult if you aren't sure Mm, to um you know they're more than welcome to book a free consult and i can talk to them and you know they can get comfortable with me and i can answer any questions they have Mm, wonderful that's wow that's so great that's really awesome what a
0: great offer well, thank you so much for being on, Julie, and uh, just keep doing the beautiful work you're doing. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed this uh, time with you, and um, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Me too.
0: Well, I hope that sparked in you. Something that is different, something that is surprising, something that is special, but of course, uplifting about how we are connected and connecting to animals. I just find it so animals just teach me so much. They may teach me more than humans teach me. Maybe that's because I'm paying more attention to them. (laughs) (laughs) and so julie has an offer for those who are listening to this podcast so do check the description below for that offer it is only through the end of 2021 so check that out because that time that clock's a ticking and and perhaps check it out even if you're hearing this after because maybe who knows maybe there's an extension on it we'll see and anyway so i want to also invite you to please um leave a review on the podcast that helps me so much it helps to boost the light quotient of our relationship as well as the light quotient of this podcast and you can leave stars you can leave something that you want to share you know you can actually write a review whatever you like I just want to make that invitation to you and with my whole heart deeply appreciating you And I do appreciate you for coming and co-creating this podcast by listening. So thank you so much. And uh, with that, well, I just hope that you found a way to love animals and nature and let them love you even more because, well, I mean, to me, that's what life is all about. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.